Hello again, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of the Help on the Way podcast, where we are featuring December 1st, 1973, in the Boston Music Hall in Boston, Boston Massachusetts. I am your co-host, The Game, here with my fellow co-hosts, Snob and Fig. And, you know, let's just go ahead and give them a nice, gentle, warming welcome this evening, friends. Welcome. Friends. Nice, gentle, warm, warming, warm, welcoming. It's like I'm the icy. And I got to start writing these down. <laughs> I'm the, I'm the icy, icy, and you two are the hot in this in this, <laughs> this welcoming here. Um, sure. Before we dive into our main event of December first, nineteen seventy-three, we are of course going to jump right into our Channel Six News segment of the week. And we only have one bullet point on our um, Channel 6 um, spreadsheet. That's a good Channel, one. Channel 6 News spreadsheet. And Fig, you are correct. It is a good one. Um, as of recording, last evening was um, J-Rad's 30th anniversary yeah. concert. 10th, 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 30th. What the hell am I thinking? <laughs> 30 years, my God. Get a little ahead um, of yourselves here. Um, it was the 10-year anniversary of Joe Russo's Almost Dead, and this was at uh, the Brooklyn Bowl, and um, two special reasons why this was such a, uh, oh, three, I mean, one being the Joe Russo's 10-year uh, anniversary. Um, second, we had a special um, surprise sit-in by Bobby Weir, and third, our very own Knob was in attendance. Knob. Please give us your trip report for last night's J-Rad 10th anniversary show featuring trip Bobby Weir. Oh, I mean, I, long, long time listeners of the pod will know that I'm a big J-Rad fan of all yep. the, the currently touring dead related bands. They are my favorite. Uh, and this was awesome. Even before Bob stepped out, they were killing it with a really nice till the morning comes which I'm going to be honest with you, most bands don't wow me with, but they really yeah. wowed me with. And then Bob Weir just walked out on stage. I, I keep seeing like news things and social media captions that imply that the band had no idea this was going to happen. I don't know how true that is, but we had no idea it was going to happen. The venue I mean, how do you keep nuts. Bobby under wraps like that? Like, I think he's they got a brought whole him entourage. in a really... I think they put a big blanket over him. Yeah. <laughs> Wheeled him in. him into the venue. <laughs> they were like Russo was like, "What are those two clangy Fender Stratocasters doing over there?" And Bob's guy was like, "Don't worry about it." Um, but it was—I mean, it was magic. It was Bob Weir in a tiny little house, you know. Unless I get about a thousand times better at playing guitar or making and having money, I'm never gonna get that close to Bob Weir again. It was a really magical guest appearance. And then the second set was phenomenal. Just the songs that they play well, played well. Uh, a, a shakedown, trucking, viola blues opening combo that just ripped a hole in the universe. And uh, a breathe into Terrapin to bring it home. I, I, I don't know. I, I'm having trouble articulating it because I'm just <laughs> beaming. It was a really fun night. So uh, what did the band play with Bobby? It was Jack Straw. Uh, which was fun. It was nice. Uh, you could tell that they were kind of figuring out how to gel together, but 
Uh, Bobby was actually gelling with Tom Hamilton better than I expected. I, uh, I kind of figured he would get annoyed at Tommy's fast licks, but Tommy was uh, holding back a little bit. Uh, and then they did Music Never Stopped together, and that was really cool. That one blew me away, both musically and the fact that Bob was in the room. Uh, it's probably the fastest Music Never Stopped I've heard Bob Weir do in 20, 25 years. Uh, it was a lot of fun. That's awesome, man. That's historic. Good for you. I'm, re I'm really proud. I'm really happy for you. Th and you right. went with your dad, right? Yes, my dad was okay. also there. We're big J-Rod fans. Right, and um, you were initially going to tell him that you didn't get tickets. That, um, was, a, that was a different show. Oh, okay. That did happen, but uh, for shows, the, the Montclair shows in September. Oh, right, right, Those were right. birthday presents that we were going to wait until his birthday to tell him, but then uh, he got sad because we told him that the show was sold out when it wasn't sold out. Yeah, because that'd be a real shame if, like, uh, you spoke yeah. that that truth into existence and you didn't end up going to the show and and you, no, you guys exactly. missed we'd out already, on history. No, no, no. we'd already bought tickets. That's awesome. And, uh, That's awesome, man. We just wanted to surprise them, but, but yeah, this was a really fun time. I, you know, here's to ten years of J Rad. Here's to ten more years of J Rad. Yeah, I, I know I'm going to see him already at Peach again this summer, but I hope to see him as much as possible. I love him. They're great. It's so cool that you were in attendance for the one night that Bobby randomly showed up. Like, how now, I awful will say, as we're recording this, uh, J-Rod is playing another show tonight, and if Bob Weir walks out again, I do want to uh, put it out there that this might not be the only time he sits in. But that's 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 what that's I, what I was covering say. my like, our asses that it comes out next week. <laughs> like like, assuming he doesn't sit in anymore with Jay yeah. Rad. Hey, it's yeah. pretty cool that you were there. Um, yeah, is this whole weekend their like tenth anniversary weekend? Because I think they have to like show yeah. all weekend, right? Yeah, last night was technically the tenth anniversary. Ten years ago, that very day was the first Jay Rad show. But this whole run, yeah. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday are all counted as one big 10th anniversary run. That's, that's so I'm expecting cool. other guests tonight, but I'm expecting more like friends of the band. You know, your, uh, your Stuart Bogies, your Katie Jacobis. I think we're getting Not so sure. inside baseball. Not your living <laughs> legends. It's unlistenable outside of like, people who know a lot about I was thinking. I was thinking about, you know, put yourself in Bob Weir's shoes, right? Like you, you yeah. write Jack Straw in early 70s um mm. and then you know not only are people still listening to it but you have like kind of a whole like industry you know of people playing your music yeah. to the point where you're asked to come play and celebrate this 10th anniversary 10 years is a long time um and then you get out on the stage and you have no idea they're playing your song and you have no idea how to engage in the song because that's what j-rad does you know they like yeah. uh mix it up and mash it up and they they make it sound different and you're like uh I just want to That's, play my song I, that I wrote with my friend in the 70s. I kept having fun imagining Bob sitting in the green room upstairs after he finished sitting in and just turning to somebody and going, what song are they doing? And someone going, Bob, this is Viola Lee Blues. And Bob is like, still? What? <laughs> it's special, man. That's great. I'm, I'm glad you had that experience. And it's cool you had it with Me your dad too, as well. Right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that that really is like a a trifecta of like one badass experience like yeah. a a show 
be right. there with your dad, which is just cool that like you can yeah. be like an adult and hang out with your dad and have fun, right? And like in, in like that kind of environment, like a concert. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and like see, oh, here comes goddamn Bob Weir out. We're gonna play some songs. Oh, yeah. Like like I, that's just oh, that's that's awesome. Super, and and of all people for you to be there when you're like you know the yeah. king of of the set list thread and and everyone gets so pumped like I, that's just that's just awesome i'm glad you were there for I that know a lot of yeah. things about the grateful dead so this was <laughs> to finally see bob we so close that i actually couldn't see his legs that was a you nice know, first well you not um, only that not but you know the podcast has invested you know quite a bit in in you and in your career so you know we're glad it's finally paying dividends here yeah, yeah and i made i made sure bob intrepid was recording skills as Bob was walking off the stage, I yelled, Bobby, and he help on the way pod dot podbean dot com. <laughs> you can find every Thursday. Twitch dot TV. Did you, um, did you, did, did you yell? On... Did you, you yell at all? Email about, us um... on help on the way pod at <laughs> gmail dot com. You should have yelled about El Paso. Like, oh, yeah. Just so you that know, summer tour is coming up. No, if, if Bob. <laughs> If Bob played El Paso with J Rad, I think I'd have just melted into a puddle right then and there. I don't, I don't know what I do with the rest of my life. Speaking of puddles, let's oh. move into our puddle of December first, nineteen seventy-three. Um, I'm not sure why this is a puddle, but it just seemed like a good logical transition at the time. Um, our main event was once again is December 1st, 1973 from the Boston Music Hall in Boston, Massachusetts. It was a chilly Saturday night. Uh, I'm assuming it was cold because it was at uh, December in Boston. Um, set one kicks off with The Promised Land, Sugary, Mexicali Blues, Tennessee Jed. Looks Like Rain, China Cat Sunflower, I Know You Rider, Big River, Broke Down Palace, Weather Report Suite, Let It Grow, and Casey Jones. Um, Fig, let me give you a uh, start off with set number one. All right, thanks. Um, so as uh, my co-hosts know and frequent uh, listeners of the pod know, um, 73 is a, is a tough year for me. I definitely like what they're doing, um, and uh, I wish I, I liked it, you know, a bit more. It's not my my favorite of of the years, um, but I actually really did end up liking this show. It had some really good sound quality. I think at times there was a, a tape, you know, kind of thrown in from like an audience tape thrown in from here to there. An interesting thing I found about um, about the the show is. Uh, Phil was covering a lot of the high harmonies, right? And I, I could hear that because Phil is usually a bit pitchy, uh, to put it lightly, um, mm -hmm. when he covers the high harmonies. And I was like, well, where's Donna? This is a 73 show. You know, she's been in the band for a while. Why isn't she covering this? I didn't realize this. She, she was on maternity leave from the band. So from yeah. November to December 1973, she was... Um, I guess having a baby and, and rearing a, a newborn. So the boys gave her some time off. And of course her husband was still on tour, so he had it easy. But um <laughs> it was a it was a good uh Keith show. So um he uh had some had some dad energy going on, I guess. Okay, so Promised Land, I don't have much there, you know, it was a decent opener. Uh Sugary, I listened to it a couple times, nothing really kinda came out. Um 
I guess maybe it was a slow buildup into the Mexicali Blues. The first thing I have is for Tennessee Jet. I thought it was a lot of fun. Looks like Rain got really good. I have a star next to that. Um, Jerry was playing with his slide guitar, and, and he had an awesome slide solo. And then Keith um, had a really cool slow, solo on Looks Like Rain, too. Uh, and then we get into the first set suite. We get into China Rider. Uh, this was a transition China Rider. Um, China was interesting, only for the fact that Jerry was singing in a way I don't normally usually hear him sing. It was a very breathy voice. Um, I will say that Jerry's singing throughout tonight um, was was brilliant, just just gorgeous, just golden voice, Jerry Garcia. Um, but in a couple different settings, he was singing this kind of more breathy style, um, something that he doesn't normally feature in his vocal um, stylings, but it was actually really good. Uh, we got into Ryder, and what was cool was you could hear the audience clapping along, and the you know the the rhythm was much more like four four, like it was it was a lot of fun to kind of uh, feel that. Um, I know I'm probably going to preempt uh, my friend Nob's um, highlight of it was a really good, you know I wish I were a headlight where Jerry goes goes real big on a headlight. Um, Jerry did that tonight, and it was awesome. We get into uh, Big River after that, and uh, this was a fast one. I have a star next to it. I like the playing there. And then, um, and then, the the band does something interesting. They kind of go on like a, you know, they kind of bring things down, right? So we have a broke down palace, which I thought was very sweet. I really liked um, Jerry's vocals. I did not like Phil's vo um, high harmonies there. I really wish Donna was around for that. And then the boys kind of keep it kind of slow and, and thoughtful with Weather Report Suite into, or the Prelude into Part 1 into Let It Grow. And, um, you know, we're, we're recording this, uh, we're all in, in the northeast of uh, the country, and it's uh, January, and Weather Report Suite is a song where they kind of sing um, reminiscently, perhaps, about uh, summer. We'll, be, we'll see summer by and by, and that kind of got to me while listening to this. I thought Let It Grow was uh, pretty awesome. It, it's always a great showcase for what the band can do in kind of a more proggy way. And uh, and then the band, they, they do a really smart about face after, you know, after Broke Down, after the whole weather, weather Report suite, after Let It Grow, about face into, you know, the real fun that the band can can bring to a show, into a rock show with Casey Jones. Um, I really, I thought it was a great call and it was um, a great end to a um, really good first set, a lot of music. Um, Nam, what are your thoughts? Similar. Um, yeah, I thought this show was fun. I, I'm going to sound a little bit blunt from the jump. I think this first set sucked until it didn't. Uh, I, on paper, especially those first five songs, I love a sugary, but the rest of that is like just personally picked out to annoy me. I, a literal <laughs> sigh came out of my body when Tennessee Jed started. Uh, Mexicali Blues. It was Blues, a good Jed. Oh, it like was Tennessee a good Jed, <laughs> but when I just first heard that, we were just coming out of Mexicali Blues. And then I hear... <laughs> and I, like, I love your you Jed impression, it's, by the way. It's a single sigh, but uh, <laughs> I wasn't too happy for it. But, but, there is some good playing in these first few songs. Sugary, I agree. Never really goes anywhere crazy. Uh, Keith and, and Bob add some really nice interplay to it. Uh, it's a pretty rendition. Um, Tennessee Jed is is well played. There's a good groove to it. Phil and Bill are, uh, are doing a really good job of keeping it alive. And the last solo was very cool. Um, 
But yeah, the set really starts cooking for me around this China rider, especially the transition, as you say. But uh, we got some really free improv, which I always do enjoy. And then we got a little feeling groovy jam, which is always a fun time. Uh, it wasn't the most rip-roaring rider, but that gave it some room to grow, especially for the, the headlight on a northbound train. In my notes, the only words I wrote down when that moment happened was, yeah, baby, like I'm Austin Powers. Um, <laughs> Big River was a lot of fun. This is when the set has really felt like it's kicked in. Uh, you know me, I love my El Paso, but I think Big River always gets the best performances out of the band. Jerry's got a great solo. Keith has a really fun solo. It's an awesome Big River. Um was really thrown with the broke down i thought it was gorgeous but i was really just surprised when it started in the same way that jed got an involuntary sigh out of me broke down got an involuntary whoa out of me um but it was a gorgeous rendition I i've the the show this first set was sometimes a little too mellow for my taste fully but this is a song where that works um i don't have a lot of thoughts everyone's just playing beautifully restrained and it's beautiful I am a bad judge about whether or not a weather report suite is good or not, because I really like it. Mm -hmm. I, I just enjoy the combo, especially the Let It Grow. But I really enjoyed this one. Uh, Keith's electric piano sounds in the, the beginning, the prelude in part one, were really cool to hear. Bobby sounds great. Phil's killing it. There are like parts where the Let It Grow starts to trip over its own feet for me like a little bit. But, in general, they have a really nice command of the dynamics, and Let It Grow is a song that lives and dies by how well you're doing the dynamics. Yeah. Uh, it, it gets really big and grandiose when it needs to get really big and grandiose, and is also not afraid to get small and fragile and tender when it needs to get small and fragile and tender. Um, this is one of those songs where you miss Donna, the, the what shall we say, shall we call it by a name would be a hundred times better if she were doing the harmonies there too. But it's a fun weather report suite nevertheless. Um, and Casey Jones was fun. It, it had a nice buildup of energy. The crowd was feeding the band, was feeding the crowd, was feeding the band, was feeding the crowd. It was cool to hear. Uh, Keith was going crazy at the end. Um, my, my note right at the end of this set was, Dear Randomizer, I would like to hear more 1972 to 1974 shows, please. Oh. A bunch of uh, we're, we're not going to help you out. Just spoiler alert. Don't don't scroll down. I, I've already looked ahead so that I'm not going to mentally uh, gasp when it shows up. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I don't care for the beginning of set one. But once set one gets cooking, it, it is really cooking in a way that only 73 really can be. Um, what did you think, game? Um, I thought set one was good. Um, nothing really blew me away um, in set one. Uh, but overall, I thought it was good. Uh, I really enjoyed uh, Promised Land. Uh, Sugar Ree was just kind of there. Um like it wasn't bad, my stretch of the imagination, but like you um always said, it just didn't really go anywhere. It just was there. Um uh, I like Mexicali. I did like Tennessee Jed. Um looks like Rain was good. I do like how we all wrote our notes and we all made sure to note that uh the I wish I was a headlight in China Gosh. Cat was awesome. 
Uh, I feel like we've done this enough. Where we know each other's kind of uh, ticks and like you know yeah. what kind of gets our goat. Um, so that's right. kind of it's a fun dimension to you know to listening to the band that I didn't realize before our fifty second time of doing this. So it's cool. <laughs> yeah, and I and I said the uh, I wish I was a headlight in China Cat. Rather, I wish I was a headlight in I Know You Rider. But uh, you can hear the tiredness coming through my voice tonight. Uh, Big River was great. Um, I agree, Nob. I I love Big River. Um, yeah. I I don't I don't really ever seek it out. Right. Yeah. Um. I never like go on Spotify and uh, or that horrible, awful service that our podcast is not. <laughs> nice, uh, I, nice. Good save. Good save. I I never go on that devil service and just type <laughs> in a random Big River. Um, you, you don't pay them money every month to not host us. Um, I, I mean, I I pay they, them money every. They month. do get a, they they do get a stipend from my paycheck every monthly. <laughs> um, but like I really should because I never dislike a big river. It's really good. Yeah, um, it's funny you mentioned it, and it's funny that uh, Nam mentioned this as well. But yeah, big river is one that just lately I've just been really appreciating. And and you're right, it's not like one that's like, hey, did you ever hear the Grateful Dead? Listen to Big River. You know, like it's not like right. going to be one of those big tracks well, that, that like. You know, you slide over into someone's life, but like it just highlights their playing in such a way, like it's such a vehicle for them to yes. do what they do. The it's like chord progression is it's just a perfect solo vehicle that everyone sounds good. Keith sounds good doing licks over it. Brent sounds good doing licks over it. Jerry sounds good doing licks over it. You, it you know what it reminds me of? Best out of people. It, it's almost hmm. like one of the tunes that you'll hear. Um, at a Billy Strings show, mm, you know, yeah. it's like, you know, like a, it's a traditional tune. It's really just kind of like, you know, it's a blank canvas, you know, it's a tortilla chip that you can dip into the salsa of your musicianship. If that worked, I hope that worked. <laughs> it did. Um, thank you. <laughs> and, um, and it, and it's, it's a showcase for the musicians, which is really cool. Yeah. After our podcast tonight, I'm definitely going to check out the heady versions and see uh, what are the most top-rated heady versions of Big River. I, I thought you, you were going to say after the podcast, you're going to check out the, the refrigerated versions. Yeah, I really, yeah. Chips. <laughs> this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Chips. Yeah. <laughs> um, Weather Report Suite is always, I don't want to say it's always just there for me. Because it is a very, very beautiful piece of music. Um, I just, like, I don't seek out Big River, and I love Big River. I never seek out Weather Report Suites, and I don't kind of care about Weather Report Suites. Now, Let It Grow, on the other hand, I enjoy, which it's weird because that's a part of Weather Report Suite. Um, but yeah, so Weather Report Suite was there. Let It Grow was good. Um, Casey Jones was okay. Um, so really, I love. Uh, sorry, to, sorry to jump in. No, like, yeah. I love when they do the prelude. I love Weather Report Suite Part One. I love it. I, uh, I love probably like it. Get... I mean, I like Let It Grow. Also, I like the whole thing. Um, if I just hear Let It Grow, I probably don't like it as much. See, I, I don't. If it's just Let It Grow, I'm okay, and and I'm okay if it's the whole thing too. Um, I just don't get as excited as some people do like like if if um not only even talking about us here on the show but like if it's like a a a dead company show 
and it's like weather report suite or they think it's weather report suite people are pumped mm. and, yeah and i'm just like okay <laughs> i'll go i'll i'll go out and smoke and have it on but like i'm not like yeah like it's weather report suite so <laughs> but th- that's just me i don't know i i like the more that's gonna stuff. be me when they finally bust it out i'm gonna punch the person <laughs> in front of me in the back of the head I'm going to be so... <laughs> and that guy turns around and he has a hat on that says play El Paso. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> This is meant to be. My brother. Uh, <laughs> all right. Set two of 12173. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that kicked off with around and around. Uh, then, uh, a spoiler alert, a beautiful, they love each other. I loved it. Um, me and my uncle, uh, don't ease me in. Uh, me and Bob and McGee. Mississippi half step uptown toodaloo playing in the band uncle john's band playing in the band uh row jimmy greatest story ever told not fade away um going down the road feeling bad and the show ended with of course one more saturday night uh fig rather knob what was your thoughts on set two make a roo yeah liked it um i will say that i probably feel the opposite about this set that i do the other set in that this song took or last set took a few songs to get cooking but then it was really good and this song or this set i felt started strong but the ending was okay um i do think it's really funny to uh that the 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 tape just starts Coming, at least the tape I listen to, starts coming in while Bob's in the middle of whatever the hell he's talking about. He's suddenly talking about a time capsule. I'm not sure what he means, but it was fun was to hear. just trying to make some sort of, like, vague... Like, I don't think he wanted to tell people what to do. Yeah, <laughs> so I think oh, he was yeah. trying to make some sort of, like, vague metaphor about how they really can't be dancing in the aisles because that's against fire code, <laughs> which, is, which is, like the anti-Grateful Dead thing to actually have to tell a group of people. So, yeah. yeah. He talked about time capsule, as you do when you're telling people to be fire safe. Sure. Okay. Yeah. I think you and I had very different fire safety. You should have asked him last night. As children. <laughs> <laughs> now, if I had one question for Bob at, at the J-Red show, it would absolutely be about the shorts, and he wouldn't want to answer me. I'd ask him, where, they, where did they go, and when are they coming back? Um, anyway, the set starts with <laughs> around and around. Uh, it's a nice song for this show. Uh, it's like a little bit mellower, but it's still a fun dancing song. I didn't love Promised Land as a, a set one opener. I really liked Around and Around as a set two opener. Um, I will echo what you have said, game. I loved this. They love each other. I, I'm I'm a sucker for the fast. They love each other. They're 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 just better. The groove is really good. You got some great stuff out of Keith, great stuff out of Phil. Uh, Bobby, this is, if if you're looking for Jerry's solo and Bobby's underscoring, this is a, a killer example in that they love each other. It's it's just beautiful. Um, I was skipping a lot of the tuning breaks because I, I was running a little bit behind with listening to the show, but it is worth listening to these tuning breaks because they are in Boston. And you get to hear the Boston crowd yell, Daxter, which is the funniest <laughs> song to yell in a Boston accent. It, it's, it's a perfect I've song. I've heard it before. 
I will never not enjoy just hearing Daxter whenever they're in Boston. Anyway, um, me and my uncle was boppy. Um, it was short and sweet. Uh, Keith and Jerry got some tasty licks in. It was weird hearing Bobby suddenly yell. Um, get back in your seats. Get back. But uh, other than that little moment, I had fun. Um, uh, the next thing that really killed it for me was the Mississippi half step. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, Billy was really killing it. There was a, a bouncy core to this song which gave a lot of fun room for Phil and Bill to play. Uh, ornamentation from Keith was great, which is true about a lot of songs tonight. Uh, Jerry is super into this one, both vocally and in his guitar solos. Uh, the, the ending, the Rio Grandio section, is lovely. And then Bill kicks it into high gear. This is a really nice Mississippi half-step. For me, though, the 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 point of this set is the playing, Uncle John's playing. You get some deep, deep improv from, honestly, well, more the two playing in the bands, but you get a really nice instrumental section in the Uncle John's band. It's all just good vibes. You can tell the crowd's super into the Uncle John's band, uh, and it kind of tackled everything 73 Dead was at this point. The first playing in the band was more restrained, uh, still nevertheless jazzy, but it was more dissonant in notes than it was heavy. But then that second playing in the band, that got weird. <laughs> that got, we were walking in space, it got really out there, and then out of the chaos came the playing in the band riff, almost as if it was parting the clouds. It was really cool. I definitely recommend this playing, Uncle John's playing, no matter what set we wind up choosing tonight. Uh, and then the rest was fun. Uh, Road Jimmy, I'm not a big Road Jimmy person, but the harmonies were nice. Uh, it was really cool when it got super quiet, and Jerry had a sweet slide solo. Greatest Story is another one of those songs that just needed Donna to do those harmonies on the Abraham and Isaac sitting on a fence part. Uh, Not Fade Away, Going Down the Road, Feeling Bad was fun. Uh, I like the Not Fade Away especially. It's still at the tempo of those early 70s ones, but it goes much deeper like those mid-70s ones, and it was all the better for it. Uh, it was a very pleasant start to Going Down the Road, Feeling Bad. It didn't feel that bad to me, but by the end, it reached a real nice energetic peak, and the ending, ending bit with the And We Bid You Good Night jam is just gorgeous. Worth listening to for that alone. Uh, and it ends with One More Saturday Night. Bet you forgot. Um, what did you think, Fig? Um, I thought I thought I liked it. I, I think the best take of the night that I've heard so far is that you could have lopped off the first couple songs of set one, and you could have lopped off the last couple songs of set two. Yeah. And I almost feel like, you know, that that's one of the differences, you know, with, I guess, the Grateful Dead's, you know, later 70s and 80s and 90s, um, set list that, that you don't get in 73 and 74. Like, you know, 73 is just like these expansive sets. I mean, this is probably like two and a half hours of music. Like, like the, the people in the audience got certainly got their money's worth. Um, you know, listening to it, you know, 40 years later, do we need to hear all this music? Maybe, maybe not. Um, but I'll leave that, you know, that, that that's, that's a personal opinion. So around and around, I don't have much for that. It was a good opener. They Love Each Other was one of those, um, you know, boppy, I call it a puppy love. They love each other rather than one of the, you know, mm -hmm. kind of, you know, harder, more uh, romantic. Uh, they love each other's that you might get in the late 70s and afterwards. 
Uh, me and my uncle, I don't have much. Don't ease me in. I don't have much for that either. Uh, Bobby McGee was interesting because, yeah, again, this is Bobby really needed these people to sit into their seats, but he also needed to not kind of feel like a cop out and like a, a fascist for telling people what to do. So he called he called me and Bobby McGee traveling music, and and he was like, so you can go travel back into your seat, which is like totally something that like someone who's like conflict averse would say, like like here's a bad pun. Um, but it, it, you know, Nob, you mentioned that there's some of these like tuning bits, and and it it was just funny to hear throughout the night. Clear the aisle, um, and let's see, we. I can't read my handwriting, which is another theme of the night. I cannot read my handwriting tonight. <laughs> um, we get into Mississippi Half Step, which I thought was a really good call. Um, and I really liked the playing there. Uh, playing Uncle John's plane, yeah, I think that definitely was the, hi- the highlight, the climax of the night. Uh, the first playing uh, didn't get too spacey. I, I liked the playing. Um, hearing, um, you know, something I learned, I think, after the last podcast, you know, between the last podcast recording and this podcast recording was that I didn't know this, um, but we eulogized to an extent uh, David Crosby on the last podcast recording. I didn't realize this, but the the lick, did we talk about yeah. this on the podcast? We did talk we about did this not, podcast. We did not, and I felt we pretty did. silly as soon as we finished recording. Oh, okay. It's been so, doing me all week. <laughs> well, I don't, I mean, you know, I, I didn't know it until after we recorded, but uh, apparently, yeah. and, and, um, I don't know. I don't know if it was, it's you know really out there that much, but Bobby apparently was was jamming with like the Wolf Brothers guys, and uh, this is you know on video. I think during COVID they were doing it something. It was one of their COVID streams, yeah. Yeah, and and he just kind of casually dropped that the main riff um, in uh, playing in the band is is David Crosby, and, and and they were just kind of jamming around, and you know David was like, here I got this. You know, a little look for you. Do something with it. And and Bob was like, okay. And the rest is history. Um, so hearing this really, really well-played playing Uncle John's band, playing Sandwich here in the middle of set two was uh, was really special. And it was, it was really well done. I particularly liked the transition into Uncle John's band. Um, mm-hmm. It just, it just, started you know like right away and it sounded great and and then interestingly there wasn't that much of a jam at the end of uncle john's band you know sometimes they really lay into the that didn't happen they actually jammed right back into the the riff the david crosby riff um for playing uh right mm-hmm. right after uncle john's band was done and almost to the point where they they cut uncle john's band short but that was the transition that they chose to do and it was awesome uh, what else we got here? Uh, Road Jimmy was good. Uh, we get sort of that Jerry kind of breathy voice, um, which which I liked, and it was a really well played row. And then yeah, the the rest of the of the show, I don't have much for greatest uh, story. Not fade away, go another road field bad Saturday night. It was all good stuff, but again, it could have been lopped off, and you know maybe I would have felt more at ease just because we do this every week, and we're you know there, there's much there's much more late seventies. 80s and 90s shows out there than than 73 and 74 where you get these massive massive uh, sets. So maybe I, maybe it's just my personal comfort. Anyway, I'm pontificating. Uh, game, tell us what your thoughts are. Um, you have hit the nail on the head, both of you, uh, with your thoughts of trimming the fat on this show. And I think it would be, <laughs> um, I don't want to say streamlined um, because I never want a show to be streamlined, um, but it would just be more. 
I don't know. Definitely could have trimmed stuff off though, and it would have at least made like like like, like you said, fig made our experience uh, a bit better. Even though it's not really about bad deal listening to a thirty set Grateful Dead show from nineteen seventy three. But yeah. anyway, um, around and around was good. Um, I'm not the biggest round and around fan, but I thought it was good. Uh, my personal favorite part of set two was they love each other. Um, loved it, always do. Me and my uncle was good. Don't ease me in was good. Uh, the the me and Bobby McGee and and Bobby yelling at the crowd was great. Um, Mississippi Half Step was there for me. Um, playing in the band was good. Uh, I really enjoyed Uncle John's band this time around, um, which uh, was also one I really don't go crazy over sometimes. But I really did enjoy it the, uh, on on this night. Uh, Road Jimmy was there. Great Story was there. Um, Not Fade Away was there. Uh, I did enjoy going down the road feeling bad, and then one more Saturday night was also kind of there for me. Now, we all, while we all enjoyed this show, we all sort of had the same opinion that it was good, but it was not great. Uh, and Nob, I think you could probably speak to a little bit of this. Um, this show was sandwiched in between two shows that were featured on Dick's Picks Volume 14. Dick's Picks Volume 14 contains the 1130 and the 12273 shows, or I guess songs and selections from those shows, yeah. um, but contains nothing of this 12-1 show. Um... Do you have any info on why that is? Or have you listened to Dick's Picks 14? Or any... Yeah, I've listened to Dick's Picks 14. Um, I can't tell you exactly why uh, this show was not selected among the other two. The, but I, I can tell you, like we keep saying, it's good but not great. And the show before it and the show after it, especially the selections that are on the Dick's Picks, are great. Really, the only songs out of this that I would put on Dick's Picks if I were Dick are probably the They Love Each Other and The Plane and the Band Sandwich and uh, maybe that Big River. But he tended to put, you know, more chunks of shows. So uh, I, I don't fault him for snubbing this one. I, I kind of get it. Um, but yeah, it comes smack in between two highly acclaimed shows. Not to say that this is a bad show. It just has two phenomenal shows on either end of it. And I think we have some, some listeners who, um, who commented kind of to that effect where because it was not featured on a Dick's Picks, it's kind of like a hidden gem. And so yeah. people were kind of like, oh, good job featuring this one. And it's like, well, it's all randomized. But thank you. I'm glad. The, happy yeah, for the, the opportunity. Come on. Come on. Take yeah, a bow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Thanks. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> I'm I'm taking a look at the set lists of the 11:30 and the 12:2 shows, uh, just to see. Uh, I mean, I get it. Can I can I tell I the it. funny story that's attached to it too? Yeah. Oh I yeah, you did it. some some this, research. Yes, this is about the night before 11:30. Uh, in the the notes inside of of Dick's picks, I am just gonna read you uh, the Wikipedia summary. Uh, the curtain opened to an empty stage in a room full of jaws dropping to the floor. After a few hours, once the mic stands were in place, bassist Phil Lesh appeared and apologized to the crowd, saying, You see, we thought we were supposed to be here tomorrow night. 
their first song, Morning Dew, was more or less a sound check. The author writes that there were no hard feelings over being late, and it turned out to be a really cool scene. He finishes this part of the notes by stating that when the band finishes, he and his friends left and ventured out into the snowy rain at 2 a.m. So, awesome. I and, love and the, the idea is... that they, he just showed up and went, oh, hey, sorry, guys, Oops. we didn't know we were supposed <laughs> to do this. But he wasn't wrong. He, yeah. They were booked for the next night, and, and we, just, yeah. uh, we just reviewed that show. Yeah, I also, because, uh, just one last thought on this. Because I, I, if there is a song from this show I would put on the Dick's Picks, it is that Plane in the Band sandwich. But if you look at the track listing, they have the Plane in the Band from the night before and the Plane in the Band from the night after. They're probably okay on having cool Plane in the Bands on this release. Yeah. Yeah, and it looks like uh, that disc four there, so it's playing into Jam, into yeah. He's Gone, into Truck. And so, yeah, they're, they're featuring sort of like a whole suite system here. Um, yeah, and, and, you know, I think to a point that was made earlier, um, it's, it's a whole chunk of, of a disc that you would need to devote just to highlight that playing Uncle John's band playing sandwich there. Um, yeah. I can, I can understand why Dick would, uh, yeah, skip this show, but again, it, it makes, it makes it even more special. So I'm glad we highlighted this, uh, for this week. It was all me, by the way. <laughs> all right. Um, Let's move on and wrap up our thoughts on 12173 with our three final questions. Um, as far as this show making your Book of the Dead, uh, Fig, I'm going to ask you first. Book of the Dead, 12173, yay or nay? I'm going to say nay, uh, but it, it was actually one of my... Mm, or, it was one of my favorite 73 shows that I've heard in a very, very, very long time. Knob, Book of the Dead, yay or nay? Uh, nay. There are better 73 shows out there. Nay, <laughs> for me as well. Um, there's good portions of this show, um, but not one that I'm going to seek out um, to listen to anytime soon. Uh, now, here's the interesting question, and, I, and I'm wondering where we're going to go with this. Um, which set do we want to feature this week? Um, and Fig, I'll let you answer this one first. It's a good question. I don't think either were, were stellar, where it's like you have a clear favorite. <sighs> because there, there was that kind of fat that needed to be trimmed off, as you so eloquently put it. <laughs> <sighs> I, I have a feeling that, that number two is going to win out. However... To be a contrarian, I'm going to go with number one because we get that China Rider, the big river that we lauded over, and then the full weather report mm. suite, and then the, and then Casey Jones ending. I mean, again, I'm not the biggest Casey Jones fan, but that was awesome. That was like a sweet. That was like a cherry on top for for that uh, set one. So I'm going to go set one. All right, uh, Fig is a set one boy this week. Knob set one or set two. Uh Going back and forth, because like you say, it's either a case of strong start, weak finish, or weak start and strong finish. And if I'm being honest with you, weak start bugs me more. <laughs> I found myself getting more annoyed at the, the beginning of set one than I did at the end of set two. And for that reason, I must vote for set two. Um, it's all up to all you, game. To your game. Who do yeah, you like when more? 
I, Who's I, your best friend? I had my mind <laughs> to the one you like best. I had my mind set, and then one of you mentioned, "Yeah, it's that one. You know, we really love that big river." <laughs> and I'm like, "Yes, we did love that big river." Uh, however, I think they love each other is going to win it out for you. They in this battle, the they love each other does defeat <laughs> the big river. Um, so now, I have does I have the Uncle a... John's band defeat big river? I don't know. Uh, but the they love each other defeat the big river. So for me, uh, I am normally a set one boy this week, I am a set two boy. So, I have a modest proposal, and this mm-hmm. is not because I'm salty that I lost this week. You want to uh, Irish? But is it possible for our um, editor in chief uh, game to lop off the first couple songs of set one, lop off the last couple sets songs of set two, as we all suggested and agreed upon, would make for uh, a better product and uh, and feature like a Frankenstein of both uh, both sets? Yeah, let, let's group playing in the band. The, this is going to be the the help on the way remix of uh twelve one seventy three. So remix. Do we want? Wh- wh- where do we, we want this to, with, ki- to kick off with? China Rider. Oh, I realize that might not be a universal obvious answer, but that is the obvious answer to me. Mm. Um, can you start with China Rider though? I mean, we can, we should fashion it like a set, right? You could start with China Rider. This is this is the new age. They're they're remixing Jerry it's with true. like That's young true. DJs now. You know what I mean? So we 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 can do this. <laughs> we got the, the Joe Russo fan over here being like, you can yeah. start with anything. No, but they open. Uh, nah, you ah, I mean, you nah, you you can, especially in the early days. I vote for Jed. I've... Yeah, we could start with Jed. I don't care that strongly. All right, we'll kick off with fun at the end of the day. We'll kick off from Jed. And we'll go from Jed all the way down through set one. Then set two. Do we want to start with... Well, they, they love each other. I think you could start with a round and a round. I think it's a good enough uh, Keep it on set there. opener. Okay. And then we're going to kill it after playing, playing in, the band. in the band. I think so. Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. That works. All right. So, I mean, Ro, so, Ro was good. It, it didn't... You know, didn't grab me as much as other rows do. So yeah, I'm okay with that. Tennessee Jed through, and this is what Dick Latvala should have done. We just did his job for him. I mean, that yeah, is. Dick. I mean, that's that's what he did with the other two nights. <laughs> just sat around with his friends. He was like, "What if we package this and make a bunch of money?" I like how they yeah. all. I like how they all were like, you know what? Fuck this twelve one seventy three. We're only going <laughs> to focus on eleven thirty and twelve two. And we'll you guys know, remember I mean, Dick was incredibly opinionated, and so I fully believe he was like, "This show is good. This show is good, and this show sucks." <laughs> Do you guys remember? And I hope I'm not. Uh, I hope that this feeling is palpable, and maybe, hopefully, if it's not palpable to you guys, it's palpable to some of our listeners. But do you guys remember the feeling of going into like you know the big box, you know, media store, Best Buy, or you know what have you? Uh, back in my day, it was called Media Play, and you know you go to the the G section for rock and roll, and you find Grateful Dead, and you saw all those dicks picks, and like what those dicks picks like meant, and like like the thought process of like what you were gonna buy, and and like. 
you know, who has which one, and like it, it became like part of your identity, which dicks pics you have. Did you guys have this similar experience? Because I, I've totally... had a few. Um, I don't want to say I've had a few of those experiences, but I've had a few where I've. Um, so I've probably compared to you two, I'm probably the the latest joining fan of the Grateful Dead. So by the time I really became a fan, my I don't want to say my CD shopping days were done, mm-hmm. but for the most part they were finished. What made me realize what mistakes I've made was when I was like, I really love the artwork. Right. Some of this stuff. That uh, that was a huge part of it too. Yeah. Not so much. I don't want to say I don't love the music because obviously I do, but I don't care how I get the music. I don't care if it's downloaded. I don't care if it's on a CD. I don't care if it's from the archive. I don't care. Like whatever. Right. Spotify. Who cares? But I am a sucker for good art. And then it's like, ooh, like I would literally love to have all of these. And probably through my years, of shopping i've probably seen maybe not all of them however probably a damn good amount of them without me realizing even what i was looking at at the time uh and that kind of hurts (laughs) a little bit being like like how much stuff would i have you know not realizing what i was looking through that i would just have you know love to have now uh but now i I buy dave's picks so i'm making up for lost time i guess nice uh yeah, uh, I've definitely had had that kind of experience. Nob, is that Rick and Bell? Um, sort of. I, I what's a Best Buy? I grew up <laughs> when all the staples were closing. Uh, <laughs> I, I put them on shelves at the Barnes and Noble I worked at. Oh, there you um, go. Yeah, Barnes and Noble. Um, well, if if any fans have have a similar experience, I I really do think that it's a palpable you know, shared experience that, that, that I have, and I can't put it into words. It's just something interesting that like, so, and, so and, did... and the art was definitely something I looked at. It was like, like there, there'd be some, like, I remember there was one that had like, it was in like Nebraska. So like, it was like wheat fields the and like, field one, blue, that, yeah. yeah, like blue sky was beautiful, but I think it was like a 73 a or 74. And I was like, ah, I'm just not that into that. <laughs> like I can't purchase, you know, I can't drop 40 bucks on this, uh, three disc set. Um, just because I like the cover art. I just remember that thought process. It, it wonders me how many people, um, this has nothing to do really with the Grateful Dead, but I, I just sitting here talking about like the art and stuff. Art in general is huge in the jam band scene. Huge. Oh, yeah. E- every, everybody has um, dope stuff. I mean, the, 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 the Joe Russo 10th anniversary um, comic book poster, I thought, was killer. Yeah. Um, Dead and Company, you know, there those some of those artworks, you know, fly off the shelves. Um, like Billy Strings, Biff. Yeah. Um, it. I love it. <laughs> I, I I and and it's so strange, but I've often wanted a a coffee table book of um, and I'm sure maybe one exists somewhere. Uh, but uh, a coffee table book of just like curated Grateful Dead posters. Mm-hmm. and like cd covers and and maybe even like fan made stuff too because that shit tells a story like even without yeah. the music that stuff tells a story and i'm i'm a sucker for good art and 
Yeah, I don't even know how I got into this tangent, but yeah, good art on Dick's picks is great, and Dave's picks and everything. Um, show MVP for us. Um, Fig, who would be your show MVP? Well, it can't be Donna because she didn't bother <laughs> showing up. Um, I talked mostly about uh, Jerry, so let's go with Jerry. One vote for Jerry. Uh, Nob. Actually, you know what? No, I'm gonna go first. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna switch this up a little bit. My MVP will be Donna because she was at home being a good mom. <laughs> um, Nob, who was Maybe your the MVP? absence makes the heart grow fonder, right? <laughs> Nob, since your vote. Listen, I, I've been going back and forth since listening to the show, even talking now. I don't know. It's either Phil or Keith for me, and I know I have to pick one. Keith is and I'm... okay. I'll, sorry, this is your no. no I'm... Yeah, I got it. I'm gonna. I can. I can. I can make <laughs> a choice. I'm an adult. I... No, I'm. I'm gonna go with. Oh, I'll go with Phil because um, I think he was more consistently keeping a lot of these songs alive, keeping the energetic stuff bouncy, keeping the slower, quiet stuff still having some life to them. Uh, I I think Phil was the glue tonight, and he would be my MVP. With an honorable mention to Mr. Keith Gutshaw. Who uh, was also being a good dad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not upset. I'm just disappointed. No, I, f- I, finally, I eventually made a decision. You can't be disappointed in me. <laughs> I do believe that this is the first time since introducing the MVP uh, that we all have a different yeah. MVP. Yeah. Which, um, mine's kind of a cop-out, but still. Um... I do, they, uh, I do like that. They each get points, and at the end of the year, we'll see who has the most points for the year MVP. <laughs> <laughs> who is the MVP of twenty twenty three? We sent Phil a letter that just says, "Congrats, you are our MVP of twenty twenty three." Love the help on the way, Pod. P.S. Enjoy this like on episode. We're doing a summer ninety five show next week. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we did have uh, two Reddit comments, uh, and the first one uh, particularly stands out to me, uh, and it is from Lil Bud 2000. Uh, Lil Bud said, uh, "The soundboard of 12173 is such high quality. I was shocked finding it because I was prepared for the tape to just be middling quality, but it sounds nearly official sound-wise." The whole Boston run should get released. The two on Dick's picks, which are incomplete, and the 12 one. Um, and then we had one more comment from Big Opposite 6041. Uh, 12-1-73 does not get enough love due to the first and the third night. Uh, what I did want to mention, uh, going back to our first Reddit comment, is the sound quality of this recording. Yeah. Um, it might very well be the best sounding recording we've listened to yet this sounded amazing um why don't all soundboards sound this good good question i i don't know what makes it so good um i was listening to the dustborn um matrix and -hmm. it still sounded fantastic but like there's certain there's definitely audience you know composition you know it was a composite with the audience um recording too um which gives another dynamic. So I think the point I'm making is there's so many 
you know, you know, it, it, the archive is amazing because once fans get a hold of it, they can add their own brilliance to it and genius to it, and they make something something new. So the fact that we that we have access to these awesome tapes with like just incredible quality is really a testament to the fan base and to the archive for hosting it. So it's all good stuff. All right. Next week. Oh, yeah. yeah. Next week we are featuring. <laughs> um, it's the first Bob O'Reilly. Come on. Um, it's the first one. Oh, no. Um, are you assuming it, they don't know how to play it? Yeah, of course <laughs> I am. <laughs> It is a 1992, uh, actually a May 1992 show uh, from the Cal Expo Amphitheater, uh, Sacramento, California. It was a Tuesday show, uh, but however, it was the Rex Foundation benefit, so I'm sure it was a hopping Tuesday night. Uh, we won't go into all of the set list but i'm just trying to see if anything stands out that's going to make me disgusted um oh, no gosh. set one looks good Another let it grow set one looks good yeah another um, rider oh wait, oh way to go home yeah way to go yeah. home that's there. a groaner that's a groaner for you i see that there. what is tnk i was going to ask that tomorrow too i don't want to sound because they mash up uh, oh, O'Reilly and Tomorrow like Never Knows. Mm, oh, yeah. I've heard that mashup before. Yeah. Mm. Now you understand why I've got my head and my, my, my temples <laughs> in my hands. <laughs> That's a groaner. And and, and it's Vince uh, Catterwalling, I'm sure. I know you can't see me, but I, I've had my, my hands over my temples pretty much since uh, reading the <laughs> words first, Baba O'Reilly. Uh... <laughs> All right, everybody. So make sure to tune in next week while we sit and we uh, commiserate over uh, May 19th, 1992. Uh, or, truthfully, every time I have done this, it has turned out to be a fantastic show. It's 90s dead shows are like edibles. They don't work until you badmouth them. I am willing... go, Oh, this 90s dead show is going to suck. Boom. Then it's good. I am a gambling man, and I am willing to gamble that this show is going to stink next week. <laughs> <laughs> I would take that bet. Um, safe bet, yeah. Yeah. I, I, listen, I love The Who. I love The Who so much. Yeah. Probably, you know, probably my favorite band Like when it comes to like personal stuff. Um, the Grateful Dead should not be covering Bob O'Reilly. No. Uh, and then I love The Beatles. They're, they're probably my all-time favorite band. I think grateful that should not be covering tomorrow. Never know. Just... No, I think no. we've talked about this. Oh uh, no, we talked about this with Lucy, where I was just a bit on the nose. Tomorrow no. never knows is kind of the same way. Now, 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 just think they take those two songs and they mash them up. <laughs> right. Uh, my dad literally like shows this to people like as a gag about how rough '90s Dead could get. Not necessarily this one, but that mashup. Right. And he was still oh. uh, along for the ride. Oh, yeah, I mean, I usually skip '90s shows with a Babbo O'Reilly tomorrow never knows encore, but Guess what? some weeks you don't get to choose that. <laughs> Your life has turned into Mystery Science Theater 3000, <laughs> and you have no choice. Yeah. We're, we're diving time. in. We're diving in head first next week, and um, <laughs> hey, you know, maybe they'll surprise us. They um, usually do. They usually do. I'll, I'll, you know. Yeah, that's all I'm gonna say. Maybe they'll surprise us. We'll uh, we'll we'll judge next week's show next week. 
Uh, but let's go ahead and get our bookkeeping done and wrap on up for today. Uh, as always, everybody, please smash that subscribe button, like, and share with any and all of your Grateful Dead loving friends and family. Um, any word of mouth um, advertising you could help give us is super appreciated. Uh, you may find us at wherever podcasts are downloaded. However, we are not found on one that loosely rhymes with Bobby Fi. Me. Uh, I wish I wish Bobby had his own. Well, he kind of does, I guess, with Nugs. Uh, however, I wish Bobby had his own better streaming service. Uh, however, if you are a subscriber like I am to a service that rhymes with Bobify, you will not find us on that one. You will find us on almost all other major podcast platforms. However, uh, if you do not like your podcasts from an app and you're old school and you like to access them directly on the internet, you may find us at helponthewaypod.podbean.com. If you want to email us, please feel free at helponthewaypod at gmail.com. You may also communicate with us on Reddit at reddit.com slash r slash Grateful Dead. And the channel that I swear is coming back eventually, twitch.tv slash the GD channel. Um, that is it for me for the evening. Um, any parting words from Knob or Fig? Get back in your seat. Get back. We, we forgot St. Stephen. It's gone. In that case... Um, thank you once again for listening to another fantastic episode of the Help on the Way podcast and go 49ers beat those birds. Good night, everybody.
Stalking 
again, folks. we 
but we still don't see
Thank you all. We're going to take it. Well, the John was jumping, going round and round. Hey, reeling and rocking, what a crazy sound. Although they never stopped rocking, till the moon went down. Well, it sounds so sweet, I had to take me a chance. Started moving my feet, hey, clapping my hands. And love that never stopped rocking, going round and round. Hey, feeling and rocking, what a crazy sound. Oh, they never stopped rocking.
This is a mighty nice auditorium, and one of the one of the reasons that they let us use it is because we promised to try to keep aisles clear and stuff like that and conform to fire regulations. And uh, if you don't clear the aisles and stuff like that, now there are plenty of good seats and the sound's real good back here. If you don't clear the aisles, then we won't be able to come back here. Yeah, big deal. Here we are, an authority figure anyone can identify with. Listen, folks, listen, folks, you can hear real good from back there. Relax, man. As this gentleman can probably yeah. well tell you. Right, there's, uh, there's plenty of good seats up there, folks. I mean, what do you want to look at our ugly faces for anyway? That's all I want to know. Big deal. Why don't you go sit down? It'd save everybody a lot of trouble. Besides, you're only going to get pushed and shoved. Now, these, these guys wearing the blue uniforms don't really want to get heavy. I mean, I know they don't want to get heavy. But you know how it is, the, uh, the fire marshal is, is scared to death for your own well-being. Good, it's good for you. Really, it's a privilege to be able, in a sense, you know, to be able to come into this hall and play here. Besides, all those cops are from heaven. They're from heaven. Yeah, right. Obey their every whim. <laughs> Might get a little looser in here anyway. I mean, if you'd rather come and see us in an ice rink, stay here. Right. If, if you want to see us in an ice rink, there are plenty of aisles to clog in the ice rink. Right. Oh, well, all you have to do is stay here and we'll get kicked out of it. And then, uh, then we'll have to go back to the ice rink. You know? I appeal to your simple. reason. Yeah. There you are. Rational conduct. And besides, they'll probably use clubs on you if you try to resist. You know what I mean? And besides, we forgot St. Stephen. We forgot it. We forgot it, all right? Uh, it's gone, man. You can burn that banner, but don't I'll tell do you it what, here. I tell you what, I promise you in the, in the next few months when we go home, what we'll do is we'll buy a Don't copy promise of the record. nothing, man. Don't promise nothing. Well, don't make no promises, man. Please. I don't promise that we'll buy a copy of the record. Brain and he doesn't promise that we'll remember the song. I'll steal it. Or anything else, for that matter. Yeah, uh, and still the aisles are a little uh, <coughs> congested, as the saying goes. And uh, after all, can, I, can an organism live without... How about, how Cir about circulation freely flowing throughout its body, after all. Isn't this an organism that we have here? Okay, I got, it. I got a great idea. Uh, no, it's not a good uh, idea. No, 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 never no, mind. No, no. Don't answer that question. No, we have what to go through this lame trip. What is that Now, first idea? we have to go through this lame trip. Oh, first, yeah, before we can play music, we've got to go through this lame trip. trip. 
Right. So we're okay. going to lay it on you, yeah. since it's uh, your responsibility. Yeah, ultimately. you're the reason we're here, after all, right? We all have to go through this lame trip together. Okay. One, two, three, lame out. Okay. What was that trip again? I don't <laughs> remember, man. Oh, well, let's play. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna do a we're gonna give you a, a nice lilting ballad of murder and robbery for you to trot back to your seats with. And it goes like this. Me and my uncle went right down South Colorado, West Texas bound. We stopped over. like you've made any progress back to your seats, ladies and gentlemen. So we're just going to have to conclude that you're just not going to act like ladies and gentlemen. Isn't that right? Well, is it or isn't it? 
<laughs> Let's make up our minds. After all, there's a whole big theater here that we call Sharon and Joy. Just pick a comfortable alcove. You'll be able to hear everything. And just reach out and grab the nearest available person and grab everything there with you and see what you can get together. After all, I got one more one. I got, I got an idea. Think of your poor feet. Think of your poor, tired feet. Your feet are hurting. You are if you can only get off your feet. If you can only sit going down. To sleep. Your eyelids are heavy. And then, your then feet it occurs really to you hurt. Wonderful seats you can't the aisle, stand any longer. But you don't no, dare sit down there. where you are. Because you know you can sit down. The sound is excellent. One Everybody knows there's great snakes around here. They come out during the night, slink around on the rocks while they're cooling off. So, uh, for the last time, we'd like to ask you to all go back to your seats, and that's it on this lame trip. <laughs>
Okay, now we're gonna play some traveling music. The point being that while we're playing this traveling music, you can travel back up to your seats. It'll be real easy. Your feet will just carry you up there. Looking for that home, I hope she finds. 